0: Welcome back to the People, Planet, Prosperity podcast, hosted by Young Canadians for Resources and Canada Action. Today, we're joined by Karen Proud, President and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. Well, good morning, Karen. It's a pleasure to be on the People, Planet, Prosperity podcast with you today. We're really excited to have you. Uh, Karen is the CEO and President of Fertilizer Canada. Um, So, Karen, could we maybe get like just a little quick introduction from you about who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Um, so Fertilizer Canada is the industry trade association. We represent manufacturers, retailers, wholesalers of fertilizer products uh, in Canada. We've been around for uh, quite a, a number of years and are really the, the voice of the, uh, the industry in Canada.
0: Okay. Thank you. And how did you get into that?
1: How did I? How did I personally get into that? Oh, Absolutely. um Cause
0: we we have young Canadians who are very likely going to be to this, and some of them might be going, okay, well, how, how do I get into a position like that, or even an industry like that, one day?
1: Wow, that's a that's a, a question I could spend probably the next hour talking about my journey that got me here, but. um Just a little background, I I started in my career in the federal government, so I worked at Health Canada. I was um, a health inspector, um, spent a number of years at Health Canada doing policy and regulatory work. I ended up in the private sector, then representing industries, but I spent my whole career in the health sector uh, up until uh, about two years ago when I decided to make the move over to, to agriculture. Um, it wasn 't a, a tremendous transition because health and agriculture are just so uh closely linked that it for me it was a a pretty natural uh next step and uh when I was looking at at agriculture and the various elements in it, what uh I came to realize is is how important and exciting fertilizer is and and it's it 's funny because nobody thinks about fertilizer and the crop inputs and things like that. But when you start to dig deep, you realize how important it is um, to not only growing um, food into farmers, but for for people around the world.
0: Absolutely, okay, well, thanks for sharing that. I, I understand uh, not understanding the importance. I know when I was doing my background research into this topic, uh, it was like, wow, this is this is critical for food security, for Canada's food production, um, and to get into that a little bit, basically what what exactly is fertilizer, and how is it used in Canada right? Because we' we'll a lot of people that think we're not yeah. at all familiar, just like I was with this, so love to hear that from
1: you yeah, it's uh it's funny because it really is very um it's very complex i I like to say that fertilizer is the most important product in the world, and when you dive into this industry, I think you come to realize how very important it is because without fertilizer, we can't grow enough food to feed the world. I don't know of any other product that you can say without that, other than water and air, but that without that, we're not going to be able to feed the population. And, and so fertilizer is really, really key to making the most out of the land that we have to grow the crops that we need to feed people not only in canada but around the world Um, and specifically the sorts of synthetic fertilizers that that my members make um, are so important to make sure we maximize our productivity because we're not getting any more land in fact land is shrinking uh, because cities are growing bigger, our agricultural lands uh, and our farmers are being asked to grow more and more on the same amount of land. The only way to do that is to use fertilizer. And in in very simple terms, fertilizer is food for plants.
0: Okay, that's interesting. You said, um, especially like you know, as times are happening where we're seeing increased food demand, we're seeing uh, more people needing more food that we're actually having less. Uh, land to grow on. Um, so, what what would be the impact if uh, no fertilizer use was impacted by something or reduced?
1: So, studies have indicated, and and I you know the exact numbers are debatable, but studies have indicated that fertilizer really accounts for fifty percent of all food production. So, without wow. fertilizer, food production would be cut in half. Um, And when you think think about the growing population, um, over the next 50 years, farmers are going to need to produce more food that has been grown in the last 10,000 years. Um, Like the numbers are staggering. And we need fertilizers in order to do this. Or again, we're not going to be able to feed the world's population
0: that definitely drives so many importance of this industry for anyone listening to this. So I want to take a step back now and we're kind of talking about like current demands and needs, but where did we start in Canada with the fertilizer industry and kind of how has it progressed and innovated over the years to get to where we are today?
1: So if you go back a hundred years, and I'm not going to take you through the whole history of fertilizer, but before... Um, synthetic fertilizers were created. Um, Farmers used to use manure, human animal manure. Guano from uh, Peru and other countries was a big fertilizer. But um, scientists and others started to be concerned about the availability of these products and whether or not we would have enough of this naturally occurring fertilizers to be able to, to feed the population back then. And so about a hundred years ago, um, synthetic fertilizers were uh, created in Germany. It's through this very complex, complicated process uh, where nitrogen fertilizers are created. And, and that's how we started with synthetic fertilizers. Now in Canada, Farming of course has come a long way. I think people still have the image of the farmer in the field with the pitchfork. Um, it's now gotten very, very scientific in, in nature um, where fertilizers have become um, more efficient. Uh, we, the way we use fertilizers has become uh, more efficient as well to balance productivity in the environment. Um, and farmers have really become scientists in, in, in many ways by testing soil and making sure they're using the right fertilizers at the right time. And so the, over the last 20, 30, 40 years, we've really seen more precision agriculture come to, to Canada. And the, the way fertilizer is used is very different.
0: Um, kind of continuing on that then, I know that your organization advocates for something called the 4R model. So could you maybe walk me through
1: that? Sure. 4Rs um, is really a suite of best farm management practices when it comes to how fertilizers are used. Um there's four elements to it that's why we call it the four the four Rs uh and and the elements are sort of right source right rate right time right place and I'll explain uh, a little bit about what that means um so as i said it's a it's an overall suite of farm of best management practices that farmers use when applying fertilizers to the soil and the intent behind it is to balance the need for farmers to grow more and and increase productivity while also managing uh, the impacts on the environment. So if you look at the four R's, we'll start with like right source. That means really selecting the right nutrients that you need for your soil to ensure a balanced soil. So there's different kinds of fertilizers just like there's different kinds of vitamins. So the soil needs 17 essential nutrients just like you and I need uh, essential vitamins and minerals. Um, Choosing the right source of fertilizer for the soil uh, will ensure that the nutrient that it needs it's getting versus uh, applying nutrients that the soil doesn't doesn't need. So that's that's really about the right source, and that's important for farmers to to be able to do soil testing to make sure they know what source of fertilizer they need. The next of the four R's is is um, the right time. So that speaks to applying the fertilizers at the right time. To avoid nutrients to be lost to the environment, so you apply the the fertilizers when the plants are most able to take up those nutrients, so that the nutrients are not are not lost. So, an example would be be uh, applying fertilizer in the spring when you're planting versus in the winter, um, where fertilizers could be lost uh, over the course of the of the winter. The next of the four R's is right rate. And that means applying the right amount of fertilizer into the soil so that uh, you're not over-applying nutrients and you're not under-applying nutrients. And that's where it's really the technical aspects come in where you want to test the soil to know exactly what you want to to put in to ensure that your crops have what they need, but not too much. Because again, concern about both loss to the environment and just wasting fertilizer it's not a it's not a cheap commodity and there's the farmers want to make sure they're using uh the right amount and the final of the four hours is the right place and that's really about where we put fertilizer so um it speaks to uh Putting fertilizer down at the roots, so underground, where the plants can actually take it up most easily versus broadcasting it over the fields, which we is a practice that was done many, many years ago, but again, a wasting of that fertilizer and not the most efficient uh for the plant, so that's the sort of suite of of practices um that that have been put together through discussions with scientists and farmers and the farming communities, to really put a program in place that farmers can follow. And within the 4Rs, the there's various levels that get from your very basic uh, best management practices up until much more advanced uh, practices that require a lot more technology and, and effort and, and time on behalf of the farmers
0: okay and i have a question so this for our model um in terms of its development like where did a lot of these ideas come from is this like particularly canadian idea is this something that's been drawing on resources from around the world what's that look like
1: so it's it came um, out of the fertilizer industry's um uh sort of vision to support farmers to ensure as i said that balance between productivity and the environment and and this started well over a decade ago. So long before governments were talking about emissions reductions and targets and things like that, the industry was already wanting to make sure that farmers got um, sort of the best bang for their buck when it comes to using fertilizer, that they were, um, they knew what the best practices are. As the, the program has evolved, because it, 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 it changes as new science comes comes uh, along. We've worked very closely with scientists in different universities. We've conducted research uh, over the last uh, decade to make sure that these practices are constantly being looked at uh, and new best practices identified. Uh, we do take uh, data and knowledge from uh, around the world. Uh, in the U.S., they, they promote a 4 R program as well. We are doing some work as an, uh, an organization and through our members in Africa bringing 4 R's because it really is uh, a very science-based approach that we know works based on a decade of, of testing and analysis.
0: So, I just want to zoom in on something you said they're bringing the four hour approach to Africa. Um, Canada's, Canada's fertilizer industry, is this an industry that is really going out and sharing these innovative methods around the world?
1: Absolutely. So, not only um, within Canada, and I mentioned the US also practices four hours, the, the Europeans do, but for Canada specifically, We have a joint project uh, with the federal government and a non-for-profit organization where uh, we're working in Africa. Right now, there's three countries in Africa where we are trying to work with smallholder farmers uh, to bring those best practices to Africa so that they can also make the most of their farmland. If if you know uh, about the farming in Africa, very harsh conditions at times. Um, the farms are sort of small. They want to make the most uh, out of their productivity. Applying the same principles uh, through 4Rs helps them do that. And so we've been running this project with the Canadian government. We're in the last of a five-year project. We're hoping to expand to other countries uh, in Africa. And, and we've shown again that, that it works uh, and that um, showing farmers in Africa these uh, methods helps them to become more independent when it comes to reliance on food production than having to rely on on other countries. And, and of course, um, that's a big spotlight is shone on that uh with the war in ukraine and the concerns about food security uh the best uh response to that is to ensure that countries uh such as those in africa are able to grow their own food sustainably
0: absolutely um and that's something we are big fans of at young kang's resources is the idea of strong domestic production um especially when it comes to food right can't live without that
1: absolutely so,
0: um on that note I, have, I wanted to kind of dive into like a sort of parallel topic here but um again at YCL, we're big fans or we're big supporters of the idea of responsibly but also reliably producing food yeah um how does the the fertilizer fertilizer industry and the food industry that it supports kind of uphold that standard whether that's here or whether that's when it takes its methods overseas?
1: So sustainable sustainability is is a huge pillar for for the sector. And and so when it comes to the actual use of fertilizer. We talked about 4Rs and, uh, and we continue to invest heavily in that. We continue to work with farmers uh, to promote 4Rs. We have memorandum of understanding with a number of the provinces in Canada to promote 4Rs and to work with us to, to ensure that, that we're um, using our products in the most sustainable way. On the manufacturing side so we make a lot of fertilizer in in this country we're very fortunate to have uh fertilizer production here where we're not reliant on uh on as much on external countries we um also take advantage of the latest technologies so for instance um when it comes to to emissions Carbon capture and storage is, is something that, uh, has been, has gotten a lot of attention. Where that's possible, so where the infrastructure exists, uh, we have our members using that, uh, to, to reduce their, their carbon emissions. We have some of the most modern facilities in the world. Great investments were made in our facilities over the years in order to um, make them more sustainable. We continue to invest in our in our facilities. We, again, you know, at times we have to wait for the infrastructure to be built in order to support that. But it's a pillar of of our um, of our members uh, right across the globe, not only in Canada but but all over the world. Uh, commitments have been made to reducing emissions and it's something we take very seriously because we work so closely with the farmers and we know the impact of climate change on farming i think there's no sector more impacted than the agricultural sector and 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 so it's very important for us to do things in a sustainable way
0: it's a really good deal and you know, you mentioned emissions, I really want to dive into that, because obviously, as young Canadians, this is a super, super uh, hot topic at the moment, and, and for good reasons, obviously, right? People are concerned about the planet, they, they love the, where they live, they want to take care of it. So, um, I understand that, you know, in the last couple of years, there were certain discussions about uh, a need to reduce fertilizer emissions by like a 30% number that was put out. Um, and I understand reading your guys' documents and your media content, that there were some uh, suggestions <laughs> you had to add to that, that proposal. Uh, so can you kind of maybe talk to me about what your organization's reaction was to that 30% number, and what you would say is an even better way of um, making this industry that already is so responsible yeah. and really ethical even better?
1: yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey since the the thirty percent target was announced. Um, but I think you know the main the main thing is we are all committed and to reducing emissions. There's no question. I mentioned the four hours have been around for over a decade. We were working on this long before these targets came out. and and that's important as a baseline that we support emissions reduction. no question when the target came out and that was in at the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 um we were sort of surprised because we hadn't been consulted about it and that was the first reaction was well where did this come from why weren't we we involved in the discussion and how does the government envision actually achieving this target because it was sort of put out as a as a general 30% reduction in emissions from fertilizer use and our concern was that the Canadian government was looking at following a European model that focuses very much on reducing the amount of fertilizer used and um and and so that was our first reaction was a bit of oh my gosh what is this and 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 how does the government uh think they're going to achieve it um we, we entered in, immediately into conversations with the government and we decided to do some analysis as to the potential impacts. So if we were to reduce the use of fertilizer, what would that actually mean um, on productivity? And we came out with a report and, and the results were pretty staggering in a negative way that um, the cuts on productivity were going to be significant. Canada would certainly not be able to continue to do. Uh, to grow the the amount of crops needed to 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 fulfill our commitments to the rest of the world and the cost of farmers would have been staggering. And and so it was helpful, I think, that we had done some of that background work. Uh, We then looked at what could we achieve in a in an emissions reduction based on the use of the four R practices because we know we have a program in place that works to reduce emissions. It's been it's been scientifically tested. Um, what could we achieve by 2030 in a reasonable way if farmers were to adopt sort of higher levels of these four R practices? Because you know, while adoption is is going well on four R's, we don't have 100% of farmers. We probably never will. There's various levels. So we did a, an analysis and we came up with at the time that if if we had farmers adopting certain levels of 4Rs in different areas of, of Canada, we might by 2030 be able to get to something like 14% emissions reduction, which is already a tremendous reduction in emissions, especially when you think that Canada has is already in a better place than a lot of European countries. So when they, when scientists have looked at uh, nitrogen use efficiency, so how well we use nitrogen and how well we contain losses to the environment, Canada is already one of the best countries in the world. So we don't have that far to go before we start impacting our, our productivity. Um, so through sort of 2020, 2021, we had really good discussions with the federal government. I think we came to a a good place where the government realized that the 30% was a very ambitious target. It was going to be a, a voluntary target. And they've now put together a sort of scientific advisory group we sit on that to look at how we can achieve emissions reductions and and i and so i think i credit the government for really drawing attention to this issue and forcing a discussion on what could be achieved i would have liked a little more analysis as to the impacts and whether it was even achievable, that would have been nice. But I think we've landed in a good place right now where we're working together. And, and our biggest ask of government was, if you're going to be requiring farmers to do things, you need to have farmers at the table as part of the discussion.
0: Makes a lot of sense there. So, and and with that, that proposed number, where are we at now with that?
1: So... It's it's still a target. Um, The government has been very clear, though, that this is a voluntary target and it's a very ambitious target. And so in my mind, I like to see this as kind of the North Star, the ambition. But I don't believe there's a lot of illusions that we're actually going to make that target by 2030. But but let's do everything we possibly can to reduce our emissions as much as we can based on a process that we know works which is the 4 R program and and let's get all the support we we can to achieve that and the government has put a few things in place they've got some funding programs now for farmers to adopt new practices because these are not often they come with some risk to the farmer they come at a cost to the farmer And we've said from the beginning, if you're going to ask farmers to take on additional costs and additional risks, you need to help them uh, and incentivize them to do so. So while the target sort of still sits out there, and I think government is very reluctant to walk those things back, uh, I think we are in a good place and having a good conversation. and, And really our focus should be, what can we achieve by 2050? Now that we've got farmers at the table, now that we've got farm groups at the table and the scientists, and we're looking at innovation and innovative products, what can we achieve by 20 2050 while still balancing the need to increase our productivity? And and that that's not gonna change. So where we started, I think with government, that the emissions reduction target was the only target that they really cared about, I think they're now talking we have to make sure it's balanced with productivity and that's that's a really good place to be.
0: So if you could put together essentially like a wish list of what would be the best supports for the fertilizer and food production industry that would help to reduce emissions without impacting production, what would that wish list look like?
1: Oh well, so
0: like government support, public support. What's 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 it look like?
1: So we need to have government recognition about the four R's program that it really is the gold standard in reducing emissions. And and the government has been supportive of four R's, and they and they speak about four R's, uh, but they seem re- a bit reluctant to really go all in on four R's. Uh, maybe it's because. It came out of industry, and there's always that that reluctance to adopt uh, what industry proposes. But it it has been scientifically um, validated by independent scientists at universities. And if we could have the government go all in and really look at how we drive the highest level of adoption by farmers across Canada, by incentivizing them by promoting the 4Rs, by helping um, uh, gather data on the use of the 4Rs, that would be, there's a lot of elements in there, but that would be the ideal. Uh, and, and I think would achieve tremendous emissions reductions uh, and uh, help farmers grow, uh, grow more food. But it needs to come with incentives by, by government a strong recognition of the program and and its value and what it can achieve, Uh, incentives in the form of uh, financial and other support to farmers, education. And there's a piece that that we've been working with with the government on is really that data collection and making sure that we are actually counting the right things. Um, And we know than how we've got a benchmark of where we currently are and how we're achieving reductions. Because right now, the way we're even counting our emissions only takes into account the amount of fertilizer used equals X amount of emissions. It doesn't look at how that fertilizer is being used. And that's a a huge factor in getting our emissions story accurate.
0: Well, and thank you for sharing that. I hope our listeners are going to take it. Um, I want to ask you on that emissions note one last question. Why does this matter to you? Because one thing that we really want to address in all the areas of focus for us is the, the idea that industry and government and people and doing good things can all work together. And one key aspect of that is that the people in industry actually care about what they're doing and why. So. Why does fertilizer matter to you? And why does the efforts to reduce the emissions in this industry matter to you?
1: Well, as I, I mentioned at the beginning, uh, I firmly believe fertilizer is the most important product in the world. Um, and and it's it's strange to say that because nobody thinks about fertilizer. Even before I joined Fertilizer Canada, I did a lot of research uh, into fertilizer because you don't think about it. It's It's not a real sexy product, fertilizer. Um, but it's so, so important to food productivity. And, and as I've said uh, earlier, without fertilizer, we can't feed the world's population. I don't know anything that is more important than that. Our concerns about food security um, have have just uh, had a spotlight on them in, in recent years. And so for the fertilizer industry, I think we r- really understand how important the product is that we make and how so many people rely on that because there are parts of the world that uh, are not as fortunate as Canada. They, they need to import their fertilizer in order to, to grow their crops. So I, so I think, you know, the importance of the sector, we who work in it are, are very aware. On the emissions and the environmental side, um I think, like everybody or, or most people on this planet, we care about what happens to the environment and we know that we have to do a better job uh, reducing our emissions and and as I've mentioned, you know we've put our pro- we've put programs in place, we're doing what we can at the manufacturing level as as new technologies come about and as infrastructure is there to support us and I think as a as a good global industry, it's just part of our DNA. Um, and and especially if you're any way connected to agriculture, you see how important uh, and and how concerning it is when we look at climate change. And and nobody feels it more than our customers, who are the farmers. And so if your customers do well, you're going to do well as well.
0: Thank you for sharing that. So. Young Resources, we kind of have a three-pillar approach where we talk about people, talk about planet, and we talk about prosperity. And I think we've kind of covered the people thing. We all love to eat. Food's important. Uh, we've covered the planet side with the environmental uh, measures that fertilizer can has taken. Um, I just want to quickly touch on prosperity, uh, whether it's jobs, whether it's contributions to GDP. What's the impact of um, the fertilizer industry and, and the things it supports on this country's economic well-being?
1: Well, so we're um, we're a large industry in in Canada, and and again, I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand sort of the scope of of this sector. So, one of the main uh, fertilizers uh, in the world is potash, and not a lot of countries actually have potash deposits. It's a mineral that's mined in the ground. We are so fortunate in this country that we have potash deposits mostly in saskatchewan canada uh is the number one exporter of potash in the world canada's not number one on a lot of stuff we're a small (laughs) country there's there's not a lot that we can really say we are number one we are the number one supplier of potash to the world and it's something that we should be really really proud of the next the number two and number three are russia and belarus so if you're thinking about where does the world want to get their reliable, ethical source of potash? Canada is is uh, front and center there. We um, also export our nitrogen uh, products. So that's one of the the key um, fertilizers. We mostly export that to, to the U.S., but we export our, our fertilizer products, and, and in particular our potash, to over 75 countries. So 75 countries in the world are relying on Canadian fertilizers. That's that's significant. We um, contribute about 23 billion annually to the Canadian economy. Um, we manufacture and produce about 24 million tons of nitrogen uh, and and potash and sulfur fertilizers a, uh, annually. We're one of the safest, most advanced. Um, fertilizer uh, industries in Canada um, than than around the world. And 12% of the world's fertilizer supply comes from this country. So the impacts of this sector uh, on not only Canada, but the rest of the world are tremendous. And the world is counting on Canadian fertilizers. We saw that uh, with the war in Ukraine for the first time in our experience, we have had countries coming to Canada um, embassies and consulates wanting to make sure they can secure their supply of Canadian fertilizer because we are that dependable source.
0: That's phenomenal, and it's I think it really puts in perspective when, especially with current events, we realize that if we're number one and number two and three uh, for potash production are Russian, Belarus, that there's bigger implications to a lot of this stuff. Yeah, um, and this is again I think whether you're interested in agriculture, whether you're not, uh, this is this is human issues that affect people. Um, So again, any listeners, this stuff matters regardless of whether you're connected to where you grow your food or not. Uh, So Karen, to kind of wrap up, um, I wanna talk about young people, which makes sense for a podcast by young Canadians. Uh, Whether it's your organization or uh, other aspects of the industry, what are resources that young Canadians can check out to learn more about this? What are areas to look for opportunities? Um, where should they start?
1: Well, it's the agriculture sector, sort of writ large, is a really exciting uh, sector. Uh, again, I think a lot of people still have this vision of the you know farmer on the tractor in the field, but it's really. Um, a very sort of scientific the agronomic um, backgrounds that's that folks now have in the sector it's it's an exciting place to be if if you're looking for a, a career in in agriculture it's not you know out work in the soil that's part of it, but it's really a a very rewarding um, career and there's lots of uh, of resources for those looking at getting into into agriculture, uh, certainly within the fertilizer sector, really great jobs uh, in the sector for for young people uh, we 're always looking to to recruit uh, new folks into the sector it 's not again something that that people sort of think of when they're when they 're going through high school and university. Oh, I want to work in the fertilizer sector but it's it 's lots of technology, lots of excitement in this sector, and lots of new things. Uh, coming around. Uh, Certainly when it comes to the products and the practices and our commitments to sustainability, Fertilizer Canada has a a website, uh, FertilizerCanada.ca, that that folks can can look at, as well as a lot of our our members um, on their own sites talk about the innovations, their commitments to sustainability their, um, the work that they do within the communities, because I mentioned we've got a lot of uh, production here in Canada and our members give back to their communities as well. And, and it's, uh, it's really a, a great sector to be in and I would certainly encourage um, all young Canadians who are thinking of, of career aspects or who just wanna learn more to, to look at those, uh, at those resources and, and explore a bit.
0: Thank you. To anyone listening, check out that website, check out the industry, learn something you didn't know yesterday. Uh, Karen, I wanna thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here, but I'll just ask you to stay on for a minute so we can finalize some audio things. Uh, so thank you.
1: Great, thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: I it stop recording.